All right. The reason I started this up was to have a discussion about what's going on in China and how it may affect, may or may not affect us in the United States. I think uh, there's been, or there's definitely been a lot of speculation regarding what the motives were for China to crack down on its tech companies, specifically uh, starting with Alibaba and Jack Ma speaking out and then China blocking the Ant financial IPO. Then it trickled over to all of these other tech companies. So from a U.S. perspective, you know, you had all this speculation within the media, financial news media, as to, you know, why would China do this? You know, they're making so much money over there. These are their biggest tech companies. And I think that's a perspective that we as Westerners have. And I think it, it's easy to project our mentality onto another country. And, you know, then you saw kind of the narrative morph to, okay, it's a power play. They feel threatened by these companies. They're accruing too much power. Um, so they wanted to put them in their place. And I'm not saying there's not an element of that. Then you saw them completely move the online tutoring industry into being a nonprofit. And then people start speculating, okay, you know, maybe it's a class thing. You know, the rich people were sitting there. You were able to buy your students, a good, buy kids a good education if you were wealthy. So, you know, communists want everyone to be on an equal playing field. And then maybe there's some truth to that. Then you have the video game bans as far as like limitations of how long kids could play video games and no one really understood that except maybe you know um just kind of control maybe wanting to refocus the priorities of the chinese people and maybe make making them put more effort into working than playing video games but all of these things seem so scattershot over here. And everybody's just kind of, you'd hear interviews of all these different analysts and uh, investors, and they're just speculating, oh, what's the cause of this? Oh, what's the cause of this? And there wasn't really a good broad narrative to pull it all together. And that's when Evergrande got exposed. That being the, the massive real estate properties that we're going into default in China. And then if you, like, I've started trying to do more research on China and you start realizing that here, a lot of people, you know, they have, you know, they have a good amount of net worth in their home, in their 401ks and lots of things. But Chinese people, I think I saw a stat, it was like, they have like 70% of their, um, their net worth in real estate and uh, there's i don't it's such a new industrialized country i would say that they haven't been through enough we've been through so many crashes as a country it's kind of 
maybe made us more resilient. I mean, we still make massive mistakes. 2008 was a huge mistake. We had, you know, 2029, I mean, uh, 1929, um, and all these different events that have really, and every time, you know, we've had to make massive changes to our system to try to correct. And sometimes we overcorrect, you know, 1929 led to us putting such limitations on investing that it really just confined a lot of the profits to the rich because they just didn't trust the poor people to, or the middle class as much to make good financial decisions. So I would say, you know, they took a lot of the risk out of the system for people, for the average person that maybe wanted some risk to get ahead in life. Um, their, the dot-com bubble, you know, a, a lot of people quit investing heavily in tech and taking as much risk. I don't know if the government was very involved in regulation after that. Um, they did regulate the internet to some degree. Then 2008, we put lots of regulations in place to try to make sure the housing crash didn't happen again. But what has China had? You know, they've their GDP has been growing way higher than ours for a long time now, you know, 6% plus. And it's easier for us to be like, whoa, they're just blowing past us and they're so much more successful than us. They're overtaking us. But the, even the, the most successful things come to us. Like they, people get greedy and there becomes a lot I guess what I'm saying is that we I don't think a lot of people considered that maybe China's economy was built out of a lot of fluff and that they were taking on massive leverage. Yes, they may, they may own a lot of our debt, but you know maybe like I don't think people have taken into consideration how much debt they're in. You know everybody's in debt. There's a whole web of debt around the world. And you know, how much are they over leveraged? And they've been building whole cities that are empty, just like trying to get people from the countryside to move to the cities. I mean, that's never been done here. I mean, you saw our housing crisis, and I don't feel like that's anything hardly compared to building whole cities. Now there's a lot more of a top-down thing in China with you know, the government being in charge of a lot of this and if they backstop it, but you know, I don't, I don't know if they're backstopping this Evergrande thing, but they, people have been encouraged to put more and more and more of their net worth in real estate. The, the Chinese people seem to value that, like they're kind of locked out of a lot of the, the stock markets and uh, some of the, the ways we save money and invest. And so real estate has kind of been this gold standard. And I think that's why you saw all these protests around the Evergrande is a lot of the employees and investors were protesting that they could lose everything. And it kind of appears, you know, from somebody who, you know, has very limited knowledge of China, that this could really blow up cataclysm into other areas of the Chinese economy and I just got done watching some content uh, with 
uh, Kathy Wood talking from Ark Invest talking about the the implications that there's a ma massive recession in China of how you know China uses a ton of commodities, meaning material, wood, uh, metals, all kinds of different uh, commodities. And right now we've been saying that there's all this inflation coming and all the prices are going up. But if there was this massive domino collapse in China, suddenly maybe that could cause the bottom to fall out of all these these commodities. If that you're talking about two billion people or so that suddenly aren't demanding as much. Industry slows down. And so industries connected in that to those commodities could really I mean could really collapse uh, for a time. And it may be good for certain things, but we have to realize how much China is connected to the world. We can't just say, oh, that's over there. We're talking about a massive amount of people. You're talking about a country that makes most of what we get, that ships most of what we do. And that's a whole different story that I've been having podcasts about, talking about these supply chains and how we need to make stuff here. Um, you know, there's a huge issue that, you know, Taiwan makes most of our semiconductor chips. And there's a lot of tension over there right now between China, Taiwan, and us. And luckily, you know, Taiwan Semiconductor is building some manufacturing plants here, and they're building them in other places. Uh, I think one in maybe Europe. And so hopefully they can get distributed to other places ASAP. And you've got Intel building uh, chip foundries here. But, you know, we need to be relying on China. But I guess materials have been seen as this big hedge right now with this inflation that in the midst of it seems like this is just going to keep going. You know, gas prices going up, food. Uh, but, you know, if you're in all these things, if you're putting all your money in these inflation hedges and then you have an economy the size of China just go slow down and pump the brakes that quick. You have this just real estate decimation. And another thing, a lot of Chinese people own a lot of properties around the U.S. and around Canada. Um, one big thing is they also crack down on uh, Bitcoin. The Bitcoin miners. Uh, you can keep your existing Bitcoin if you're in China, but you cannot put any more in. And why would they do that? Well, you could chalk it up like we discussed with the other stuff to a power play, or it could be something bigger. If you're the Chinese government and you foresee what's going on, maybe they broke up Ant Financial because there was so much corruption and some shady things going on, and it was causing massive problems in the economy. Maybe these companies got so big, they needed to figure out what the heck was going on. 
and I'm not saying this is good, good or bad, but I'm just saying like, you know, maybe they are really cracking down because they, there's already massive corruption and massive issues in the system. And so they slowed down all this stuff. And financial has to do a lot with lending and a lot of other things. So they slow down all these things. Is it coincidence that suddenly you have this, this massive real estate company? Who knows if it's tied to Ant Financial or who, whoever? This massive real estate company suddenly can't make its payments. Well, maybe, maybe the Chinese government sped this whole process up to cause it to happen faster to get it over with. Because they knew maybe if this kept going, Ahmed, feel free to call up if you have any comments. Um, they knew maybe if this kept going, it was going to escalate into such a bigger problem. And so maybe they kneecapped these Chinese tech companies early, as early as they really realized what the scale of the problem was. And then, you know, I don't think it's coincidence that you had this Evergrande thing pop up soon after. And right before that, they had banned Bitcoin, uh, the mining, and the putting more assets into it. Because what could people do with that Bitcoin? They could transfer their money out of China with that. They could memorize the code. Uh, they could memorize the, the seed phrase with Bitcoin. What's up, George? Talking about China, uh, feel free to call up. They could uh, memorize the the seed phrase, and they could leave the country and have access to get money out of China. Um, and I I think China banned Bitcoin because they were afraid that once they pumped the brakes on all these China tech companies, um, then there would be this. I think they saw that there could be this massive real estate collapse, and that. The population having so much of its wealth in real estate would maybe want to try to find a way to get it out of the country, put in real estate abroad, or just get it out of the country in general. Hello? Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good, man. What's up? Good, good. I just wanted to chime in on this, and I'm not sure if you touched on it because I just I just called in. Um, but my own per my own personal okay. theory um, about China and Bitcoin is, is that um, because they had rolled out their digital one in April of 2021 um, in certain cities as kind of a testing ground for running their monetary system on the blockchain, right? So they did that in April 2021, um, and just a month later, they came out with, you know, the harsh language against Bitcoin and banning it, essentially, right? So I, I, I think, personally, what, they, what they're trying to do is um, leveraging the technology for their own gain, because, you know, once you get your population on the blockchain, um, it's very easy for the government to then basically track what everyone's doing, um, um, you know, they're, they're, they're spending, right? And, and keeping track of it in a very systematic fashion and keeping financial crime at zero, right? Because you can't launder money in that system, can't do much without um, transacting on their blockchain. So that's my theory 
um, on China. And that's my theory on what you might see um, some governments try and roll out um, around the world. So I'm not sure if you touched on that, Mike, and, you know, kind of what your thoughts are on uh, um, basically fiat-backed digital currencies that, that governments can then control and, and roll out. So I agree with you, and I think both can be true. Um, I, I'm just I, more what I was saying was I have been monitoring how all of this has been told in the media, and I think it's been looked through the lens of a Western viewpoint, and everybody was just confused, like, oh, why would they kneecap their tech companies? You know, why would they do this? Why would they stop gaming? And I was actually just watching. Uh, a video of Kathy Wood from Ark Invest talking about it. And it's starting starting to make more sense from what, like, the perspective she said made so much more sense than everything else I'd heard. And it was just talking about all of this, this real estate and how, and it was like, what if they saw the level of mess that it was in? Like, how, if you were them, how would you try to start dealing with it and you know ant financial being a big part maybe they had to do a lot with the lending that was tied up in a lot of this big mess and they need to be broken up and maybe the chinese government knew that they had to do that early but then once they did that it would set a certain series of events in, in place because i don't feel like it's a coincidence that suddenly you had these realist like apparently more real estate companies have come out defaulting and you know the amount of wealth that people there have tied up in in real estate it is if they knew all this was going to happen maybe they thought it just seems like we we saw it as they were in this big position of strength and that's why they were doing it and maybe it was if we looked at it from a different perspective maybe they're secretly in a sense of weakness and they're playing defense and they don't want money fleeing out of china and they're trying to clean it up as best they can, just like they did kind of seem to be doing with the coronavirus, trying to keep it like do damage control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's well said. And, 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 you know, the real estate subject, I talked about that at length in, in some of my podcast episodes about Evergrande and the scandal that's unfolding there. Um, their largest developer, Evergrande, uh, based out of Shenzhen, they're $300 billion in the hole right now and there's no way of repaying it um, essentially their debt service is exceeding the money that's coming in um, by orders of magnitude so um, their their default is inevitable you know it's just a big question mark as to how the government's going to handle that scenario and as you've mentioned some other uh, property developers like fantasia homes in china uh, yeah, have have you mm-hmm. know, they, yeah, they missed a two hundred million dollar debt payment, and um, you know it's like paltry in comparison to the three hundred billion Evergrande owes. But you know, like that could set a domino effect down the line. So what happens then? Um, we don't know because you know we're dealing with with a government that has a lack of transparency here. So we have no idea what's going to happen. We have no idea what they're even going to do with Taiwan. That's a big question mark as well. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a that's scary. The big prediction, yeah, big prediction she was making was, that I was trying to assess with my finances was she think you know everybody here has just been talking about inflation because you're in the middle of it. You know everybody on Facebook is suddenly like gas prices, this is going up, 
Um, and obviously they're looking for some short-term reason for it. But she was essentially saying that, you know, if all that kind of cascaded in the Chinese economy and took down a lot of their economic growth, suddenly you would see a collapse in commodity prices, which commodities are a big hedge that people have been putting on to deal with the inflation. So um, she was saying like prices of like copper and a lot of other things that the Chinese are a huge buyer of, she saw collapsing. I don't know if you had an opinion on any of that. Building materials. Well, I think she's, and what, what talk was this, Mike? Because I'd like to, um, was this today? Um, I'll be honest, it was, I was on YouTube and like I saw like a talk she was doing on. Must have been recent, right? Because she mentioned Fantasia, so. Yes, it mentioned Fantasia and some other ones. Yeah, so it must have been recent. I think I, I got I to gotta review that myself. I can't comment too much on on China's uh, vulnerability there. Um, you know, I understand that their real estate market is likely, um, you know, like it's really interesting. I did some um, research into it. Some of their cities, uh, Mike, like that Evergrande developed, um, they're like ghost buildings, you know? They're... Yeah. Yeah, they like wait for people, people to show Sometimes up. they don't at all. And I don't know if you saw the, the viral video of a city in China, it's escaping me now, but basically a city of a bunch of buildings and they were happened to have been constructed poorly. Something had, you know, in the soil, maybe the grade was off and um, it was so bad. It was like maybe 40 buildings and it was, they all got demolished all at once. And, you know, they're just starting over, you know, so things like that happened to things like that have been going on in China. It seems in their real estate sector mm -hmm. where it was very wasteful. And they were just constructing things like in rapid, in rapid uh, succession. Um, and and, may, and hopefully they can learn from this mistake because, you know, the United States went through a real estate crisis as well uh, in the late 2000s. And, you know, hopefully they've learned something from that, too. I think it's, it's remained stable since. But um, the Chinese real estate market and how that's unfolding, it's going to be super interesting and how that ties back to Bitcoin. Right. Well, I was. Oh, yeah, I was saying like. So we've, as, as a country, you know, China is such a young country in terms of the modern China that we know. And, you know, the U.S. has been through so many recessions right. in 1929. What, what did we do? We decided people needed protected. I would argue we overcorrected and made it hard for people to get certain risks, um, you know, credit investor, all this kind of stuff. Um, but also stuff that really needed to be done to protect people. Then, you know, you go into you know, dot-com bubble, I'm sure there's some things that were put in place. 2008, you know, it's harder for that same situation to happen again. What has China had? And we've always just, you know, you talk to people, they're like, oh, China is like destroying us. You know, they got 6% GDP growth, all this. And it's always this perception of this strength. But mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're not a powerful country. I'm saying like, what, I mean, they're so closed that, you know, what if they're not operating from the biggest percent? They may be buying up a lot of our debt, but that doesn't mean they don't have a ton themselves and that they're not way over leveraged and that there's not tons of fluff in their system that they, you know, when have they have had an enormous crash since their modern era of being the way they have been? Right. 
Well, it's a good question. And I think a lot of people are monitoring that. I think China has just become, you know, especially with the state of politics in America right now, you know, I don't, you know, necessarily want to get into that, but you know, it does seem as though oh, I don't want to do politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely <laughs> I'm just not. thinking about like <laughs> the implications of the economy. Yeah, for sure. But you know, the, the, actually, you know, with respect to the global economy, so what I think China has totally become, and what I think you know the United States has allowed them to become, is this. Um, you know, everybody's dependent on China, right now. Almost too big to too big fail, to fail. I gotta say, because you know you've seen the the ships right now out in LA. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that in the LA ports. There's about a hundred container ships just waiting in the ports of LA because they're so backed up. You know, there's so much importing done by the United States. There's rarely any exporting done, and so you know, like we've we've allowed that to happen because companies were like, "Hey, this yeah. makes sense anymore to manufacture in America, right?" And then you know, certain people allowed that to happen, right? Maybe we could have stop that, you know, maybe we could have prolonged that process a little bit, you know, but, you know, to allow the manufacturing sector to go entirely to China, which they just completely control and own right now, it's a very powerful weapon to wield. And, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be tough to see them, you know, that's, that's why I can't root for a recession there, because, you know, that's going to impact everyone. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I've been hoping. Like, I, I, I'm hoping in the next ten years there's a, uh, like a flippening, and I think we will eventually realize that we have to make our own stuff. And I don't think you know it's going to go back to the way it was. I think it's going to be more robotics and automation. But I think what we're going to outsource is all this. The is a lot of the service jobs that, you know, we've been. That's been our economy instead of manufacturing. I think you might have somewhat of a flip. You know that happens as technology allows us to do it super cheap here, and then it's way cheaper to get cheaper labor to do. You know now you have the communications infrastructure to you know Zoom or whatever, um, or have somebody remote control something with a you know drone or whatever. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. I'm hoping we'll be rel- less reliant on that, but it can't t- pivot overnight. <laughs> like. In the in the meantime, you know, Apple and Tesla have like, you know, ton of stuff over there, and so do many other countries. I mean, companies. Right. Exactly. And anyways, Mike, I just wanted to chime in, and and um, saw you were talking about China, and um, I'm going to be probably hosting a room later tonight, so you know, try and hop in if you can. Um, I got to hop off now, for sure. but Thank yeah, you. for sure, man. All Thanks right. a lot. Good, yep. Have good. a good one. All right. Bye.